All right, folks, it is the U.S. Open Cup special of the Tornado Ace Soccer Podcast. We've got three great guests lined up, ready for you to listen. First up, FC Wichita, owner, CEO, Blake Shoemaker. He will be on to talk about all things FC Wichita and including their first-round opponent, Azteca FC, out of Colorado. Charlotte Eagles GM, Andrew Pierce. He'll be talking about their first-round opponent, Chattanooga FC, and everything that they have going on there in Charlotte as well. Minneapolis City FC, very unique perspective on their U.S. Open Cup bid. I have John Bizworm. He's the founder and, and sporting director of Minneapolis City FC. He'll be on to talk about what happened with their bid and to give his unique perspective on the Open Cup. Folks, you know what time it is. Just because it's a weekday special doesn't mean you can't get out of the, get away from the interior walls, get away from the, the windows, the pillows, the blankets. You need to get in that basement, folks, because it's another episode, a special, special episode of the Tornado Alley Soccer Podcast. All right, and the Open Cup draws were... I've commenced now, and big matches all over the place, exciting matchups. I won't get into all the details. I'll really just kind of, since we have so many guests coming on, I don't want to talk too long about this, but the main topic uh, for folks in Oklahoma, we have a match or matchups already determined with Oklahoma ties, and that is Oklahoma City Energy U23 at Tulsa Athletic. That match will be played on May 10th at University of Tulsa Track and Soccer Complex. And the winner of that match will be playing the Tulsa Roughnecks on the 17th of May. So whether that is the Roughnecks Athletic or Oklahoma City Energy U23 and Tulsa Roughnecks, either way, that match will be played on the 17th of May. And the uh, other matchups here, just kind of local matchups. We'll talk with uh, Blake Shoemaker here in just a moment, but they will be, uh, that is the FC Wichita, which will be playing uh, Azteca FC out of of uh, Denver, I believe. And they'll be playing that match in Wichita. And then the uh, other match here locally is the Oklahoma City Energy they have a little bit of a unique situation because uh, depending on the winner of their the match that they'll be waiting on, the winner of, I guess, uh, will determine whether they are traveling to California or playing a home match. I know it's a little bit of a stretch there, a little bit of a distance there, but Oklahoma City Energy were playing the winner of the Moreno Valley Football Club who will be playing Ventura County Fusion. So if Ventura County Fusion wins... That means Oklahoma City Energy will make have to make a midweek trip to Ventura College Sports Complex in Ventura, California to play a match. So there would be that's a pretty difficult challenge there taking a midweek trip all the way to, to uh, California. And uh I'm not sure I don't know much about Moreno Valley Football Club, but I know Ventura County Fusion is a team that's been traditional uh, U.S. Open Cup type team. I've seen this name before. Uh, it's one of these teams that you don't want to, 
you really don't want to see on your side of the bracket. They're, they're kind of that cup set alert type team because they've they've been in this tournament before. They're they've got talent. So either way, even if you're playing at match in Oklahoma City, that's still going to be a tough match. Uh, just kind of a, give you some insight there. And then uh, there's a there's a few interesting matches, and we'll have Andrew Pierce on here a little bit later with the Charlotte Eagles as they host their first round match against uh, Chattanooga FC, which is not going to be an easy task. That's a, another team that you don't want to see in the tournament. But uh, Charlotte Eagles been a team been around for quite a while. Uh, they've been in the tournament a few years and a former professional club from back in the old school USL days. So it'll be very interesting to talk to Andrew here in a little bit later. Uh, the other, when I was talking about Wichita FC, just go, or FC Wichita, I'll go back to them just for a second. If they win their match, they will host St. Louis FC. So that'd be exciting for those supporters there in Wichita that they will get to host a professional side at their stadium, which I think is the first time that, that would have happened. Um, that I'm aware of, or at least in modern times. So good stuff there with teams in our area. Uh, just kind of thumbing through the, you know, I don't want to go through line by line here because there's a lot of teams, a lot of towns that really not going to pertain to this part of the world. Uh, Des Moines Menace playing a home match against AFC uh, Cleveland. AFC Cleveland won their uh the NPS or not the, P, uh, the PDL. Yeah, that's right. PDL uh, championship. I'm sorry. It was NPSL getting my, I'm getting my leagues mixed up. It's long day, long day. Uh, no, I'm sorry. AFC Cleveland won NPSL last season and Des Moines Menace as we're familiar with around here in Tulsa. It's a team that you don't want to see in this tournament either. But anyway, the winner of that match, will get to play uh, FC Cincinnati. Yeah. I don't, I don't envy FC Cincinnati. It don't matter what team, Rolls out from that match. That, that, that's going to be a tough out. Doesn't matter who it is. Um, and then you have just a few more other, uh, just real quick. Um, yeah, there's the Michigan Bucks. They're playing AFC Ann Arbor. Uh, Michigan Bucks, I believe, won the PDL last season, and they would get to play Indy 11 if they win that match. So Indy 11 uh, would have a very tough team to knock out if it is Michigan Bucks. And then you got the Reading United uh, potential second round match if they beat Clarkstown SC would be the New York Cosmos. That'd be a great match. And then you have oh, just a few other teams here. Uh, Pittsburgh Riverhounds will have to go on the road to play their second round opponent, either Grand Rapids FC which which would be a or Chicago FC, which plays out of Evanston, Indiana, or Evanston, uh, Illinois, uh, on the campus of Northwest Northwestern University. So anyway, uh, lots of uh, teams there. You can check it out, ussoccer.com. They have it all lined up. But those are the few that I wanted to hit on before we get to our guests. And our first guest is the uh, – we'll get right into it. The first guest – FC Wichita operator, owner, CEO, Blake Shoemaker. All right, folks, and the special edition of the U.S. Open Cup Draw podcast, we have Blake Shoemaker, owner, CEO of FC Wichita. Blake, how you doing today, man? Great. Thanks for having me on. Hey, you bet. You bet. And thanks for coming on. And uh, 
boy, it's a, you got a good draw today. Got a home draw against uh, the Colorado Amateur League uh, champions, uh, Azteca FC. Uh, how, how do you like uh, being able to host these uh, U.S. Open Cup matches? Well, you got to love hosting them first because your your city and your fans get an opportunity to come out and watch the watch the match and obviously it's an opportunity to generate some revenue um, for the club to operate off of and on the other end if you're traveling early in the U.S. Open Cup it, the the U, U.S. Soccer Association does uh, federation does um, re- reimburse and and has some travel expenses and has a sure. budget that they can help you with but you know at this level the mpsl pdl teams uh we set a pretty tight budget at the beginning of the seasons and when it comes to travel and as you advance through the u.s open cup you spend quite a bit of travel money that you originally didn't have in your budget sure and it takes 60 90 days to get your money back but in a short summer season that's the end of the season so mm-hmm. the difference between hosting and uh and traveling is 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 massive for our fans and it's massive for the club financially. Sure, and and this is their third season uh, at the helm of, or, or with the team, and and you've had to host well, will be now two U.S. Open Cup matches. Is this is this something when you guys got got together and and put this team together that you thought was a realistic possibility of being able to host Open Cup matches so early on in, in your tenure? Well, I I wouldn't say we thought about hosting, and sure. that's got a, a fantasy, I would say. Sure, but just being in there. When we drew the blueprints for the club, um, winning winning a, a conference, getting into the U.S. Open Cup, uh, getting an opportunity to win a game in the Open Cup. But one of the first five things we did was, hey, we want to win the conference. Mm-hmm. We we want to we want to um, get into the U.S. Open Cup. You know, it, it, there's there's certain things that you set. You want to have a sellout crowd. You want to get national recognition. And in our first year, we achieved five of our, our goals that year. Now, we haven't won the MPSL at this point, and the MPSL championship is one of those. And advancing now, you have to alter your goals. So now advancing into a situation where we, now it becomes win a game in the U.S. Open Cup. Last year, uh, we lost to Des Moines at home, the Des Moines Menace of the PDL, 2-1. Mm-hmm. to one, And Des Moines went on to uh, the third or fourth round, I believe, the fourth round. So for us we'd really like to get to that fourth round to be able to go to an MLS venue. And the draw that we got to, uh, this morning is, you know, it gives us a home game against a USASA uh, qualifier who there are no slouch. They have a lot of quality players. They, mm-hmm. they do other things other than play professional soccer right now, but they definitely have the understanding and, and, uh, and the passion, an all Hispanic team out of Denver. But after that, if we were to advance, we'd host another game against St. Louis and, you know, as you advance, we, we kind of get those goals. So now it becomes, can you win one game? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Now can you beat a USL or an NASL team and check? And so those are, those are all goals that are, that are there. Sure. Um, and, and so, yeah, that, this is something that we're very happy about. But none of, the, none of the checklist ever said host the U.S. Open Cup. So we've been very fortunate. Nice. Yeah. It's always good to have that gravy on the, on the plate, right? Absolutely. <laughs> uh, well, speaking of NPSL, uh, you know, I followed the Heartland conference pretty, pretty closely. And, and one of the things that's happened is with the expansion in NPSL, you have these teams that even from Wichita are really a reasonable drive for fans and away fans as well. How, and you, you mentioned you had, you have to have that tight uh, travel budget. This, this has got to help tremendously in this effort, right? Yeah, without a doubt. It's, uh, you know, we really haven't had budgeting issues geographically, Tulsa, Joplin, Mm -hmm. Dallas, Liverpool, Fort Worth. I mean, we've went as we typically go to San Antonio and Houston and the the Heartland Conference is adjusted a little bit from the former South Central Conference, as you know. Mm -hmm. So 
we we even cut more off our budget this year. The MPSL has been fantastic. Sure. Um, Sonny and Little Rock and, and the owners there, Jonathan, Sonny, Matt, Matt there with Tulsa. We talk about it quite a bit, and we've really worked hard to get our schedule beneficial uh, to to really have financial stability within the club. So, yeah, we're excited about it. Nice. And, and as a, the owner and, and one of the things you're always kind of thinking ahead, what's what's next year? What is it? You know, the next five years looks like. And, uh, you know, we had the announcement the other day with the United Soccer League mentioning, the, you know, the third division. Uh, and is that something you guys are looking at at this point or, or have you heard any any inklings, maybe not with your group, but anyone in that uh, Wichita area that that may look to do that? Yeah, that's that that is something that we are interested in there's mm-hmm. there's really nobody else we um there may be investors and, and we've been at the table with quite a few investors but you know our youth academy has grown now mm-hmm. to, to substantially a, a, over a thousand players um oh, that's wow. a lot of families so you got this built-in fan base there's five five of the uh of, of our u12 to u18 teams are ranked in the top two in region two soccer mm. um and nationally so ideally it would be difficult for somebody to come in and miss the competitive piece to be able to have the homegrown piece to the club and push players through. Mm-hmm. We have also just been working with the city and the state and there's a $22 million grant that's going to go into through star bonds and different funding so, uh, revenue sources that are going to improve our stadium. So we're going to have 12 turf lit fields plus the stadium oh, wow. on site in a training facility uh, that has a little indoor piece to it as well. So with our offices on site and our, our complex is going to be massive. We're at that point now um, to where we're looking to expand. We, we anticipate by 2018, we'll be operating two teams in the MPSL that one would be a fully paid professional team. Mm-hmm. And one would be basically what we're doing now with a mixture and, and being able to feed in, but it would be, a lot more focused on local players that have come up through our academy that are 16 to 21 year old players, either back from college or looking to get into colleges. So mm-hmm. we, we want to continue to improve the local soccer culture, give local players the chance. But a big piece of that has been bringing in these former pros and guys that are on the rise through college. And, you know, we've, we've had 25 guys come through here in the last uh, 27 months that mm-hmm. have national team caps between U20, uh, I'm sorry, U16 and U23. And 30 players have left and went on and played at some level of professional soccer. A lot of them, uh, a lot of them indoor professional players, but you know, some have went on and played us national team futsal. We've had two or three us national futsal uh, men's players come through. We've got a player that was our goalkeeper in year one with the success we had there, got uh, a lot of MLS looks and got signed straight off our video. We stream our video on YouTube Mm -hmm. and um, just off the game film, got signed to the Riverhounds, started as the third guy. Within three months, he was the number one USL player of the week, 12 saves in the first half, and, you know, you name it. So he's signed from there to Costa Rica in the first division, and now he's one of the three keepers in Costa Rica with dual citizenship that's in their national team pool uh, for qual- World Cup qualifying. So we've we've had some fantastic players come through that maybe – maybe people aren't as aware of. So we've been very much operating like a professional club when it comes to doctors, mm-hmm. sponsorships, meals, housing, these things um, that many players have came from the USL and came in and said, look, this is this is more than what I was getting at a USL. The, the difference <laughs> is the pay. I'm right. not getting paid. Yeah. So we try to give them jobs and other sources. But by next year, if, if we find that we can um, fund paying and, and become this uh, – MPSL professional model that'll allow mm-hmm. us to operate that way for a year or two while we're waiting for our complex to be built. 
So the construction starts in November of 2017 to our existing complex, which will host the U.S. Open Cup. Mm-hmm. But um, it'll go from a natural grass field that's that's fescue fields to the shorter turf and and try to uh, still have a grass stadium pitch if possible. And, and that's over there at Stryker Field, correct? That's correct, yes. Okay, gotcha. All right, well, that sounds great. And, uh, well, just all that, and it's a, in a very short period of time in, in at FC Wichita, and uh, that, that sounds great. And, and one, uh, just really quick, uh, talk a little bit about this year's squad and, and the players that you've announced so far. Uh, I think there's about 10 from what I saw on the website. Maybe there's been a few more since then. Uh, just talk about those guys that you have on, on this year's squad. Yeah, we have a lot of returners. Some of our leaders, uh, James Togba, left back, uh, represented the Heartland Conference at the MPSL Combine. Mm. And fantastic 20-year-old player that uh, has has had some uh, professional playing experience early on, 16, 17, 18 years old. And uh, playing, I believe, in like uh, Serbia or somewhere overseas that was a lower-level division. And he came back was going to continue to go through school, put himself through school, get an education and, and play his way through. And, but at 20 years old, he's the kind of guy that wakes up every day, knocks the tennis ball off his bedroom wall mm-hmm. um, with his feet, gets, you know, a couple thousand touches with the small ball, goes out and trains and then hits the gym. Then everybody else is awake and ready to train. And he says, let's go. And then sets the tone. Nice. So we, we've got some guys like that and they come out, they coach in the youth club, they're around soccer. They're in the business of, um, of soccer all day long. Mm-hmm. And Leo Sosa as well. He's played the six for us as a defensive mid. Um, he's from Corinthians. He was on a U, U18, U20 uh, Brazil national pool. Mm-hmm. Went with Corinthians to the U20 Club World Cup in Japan and lost to Atletico Madrid in the final. Um, grew up in Corinthians, played for Palmeiras. Has, has a fantastic background. Some of the guys you grew up playing club with are, are now playing for PSG and Real Madrid and clubs like that that are mm-hmm. common names around the world. So... We've we've got some guys that set the tone and some leaders. Uh, Deary Korf coming in. We expect big things from an 18-year-old player from uh, Manchester uh, City. He At 12 years old, he signed with Manchester City. At 13, he was offered a scholarship and moved into their full-time academy and was in their first team, played up one, two years most of his life, and, and continued to make an impact and decided – uh, about six months ago that he was going to take a scholarship and come into the States and get his education hmm. and maybe was a little bit undersized to play the attacking mid in England. And Manchester City said, that's fine. If you don't like this contract, here's what's next. So he parts ways to pursue his education mm-hmm. and then grows four and a half inches. And now he's a six foot one attacking mid that just spent the last six years living in Man City. So sure. there, there's wow. some players coming in that you look at and you go, wow, this is this is special. Mm-hmm. Um, we bring back Kevin Tenike. Uh, Kevin's getting up there in age, but Kevin's played for the the Comets, the Wings, and Indoor. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's played two years with the U.S. National Futsal Team. He was a first 11 player in the MPSL in 2015, had the National Goal of the Year in 2015, and he brings that leadership presence in our back line. So um, there, there's some guys that as well that I'm missing for sure, and we could talk we could talk for hours about players, but some of the guys returning, there'd, there'd be Luke Hitchman's, an Englishman, uh, mm-hmm. moms from – Germany, dad's from England, grew up in academies in England and Germany, 19 years old, um, with with a lot of academy experience, a big, big frame on some of these kids, but they're young. So we're really looking to build a good relationship, help these guys stay in the states and stateside through the summer, continue to market themselves at the next level. 
with the idea that by the time they're ready to graduate college, we're a professional team anyway. Mm. We may be interested in, in going ahead and giving some of these guys an opportunity to be professionals in the States as well and already have a relationship with them. So our model very much, even though it's the amateur model today, mm. we're starting to operate as a professional and picking up players as if these are guys that we would want to sign. All right. Well, Blake, that's great information and great insight there on your squad. And uh, and I'll go ahead and let you get back to your evening here. But uh, I do appreciate your time. And and that is uh, May 10th uh, at Striker Complex is the first match of the season. And that's the Open Cup, correct? That's correct. U.S. Open Cup May 10th. And then we kick off the Heartland Conference. Uh, that's a Wednesday on Saturday. Mm-hmm at home as well against the uh, Little Rock Rangers. Oh, we're in for a very busy month, aren't you? <laughs> yes, we are. Love this time of year, though. This oh, yeah. Definitely the passion, so we're ready to go. All right, that is great. The weather gets better and uh, the soccer starts happening. I love it. It's great. Well, Blake, hey, we'll be keeping an eye on you guys uh, here in here in Tulsa, and, uh, and, and best of luck on May 10th, and I'm sure we'll be in touch some point down the line uh, and talk more shop, all right? All right, thank you. All right, thanks, Blake. All right, that is Blake Shoemaker, CEO and owner of the of FC Wichita. And thanks again for joining us today on this special episode of the podcast, U.S. Open Cup edition. All right, folks, I have a special guest on GM of the Charlotte Eagles, Andrew Pierce. Andrew, how's it going today, man? Good. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate uh, it. Hey, you bet. You bet. And uh, today, a busy day for you as the U.S. Open Cup draw commenced and uh, found out you kind of got stuck with the short end of the straw there and hosting a very tough uh, FC or FC Chattanooga or Chattanooga FC. I think it's Chattanooga FC. Anyway, tough team, uh, a semifinalist last year in the NPSL and it's your first game of the season, I believe. So uh, what, what are your thoughts on, on this big match uh, so early in the season? Yeah, definitely uh, didn't get any favors from U.S. soccer, but mm-hmm. uh, just with who they are, they they uh, <clears throat> I think they average like eight to ten thousand uh, at their games, and so they're you know extremely well run. And mm-hmm. um, we had a player, um, I think their goalkeeper from last year, tried out for us the last year we were a pro team. Um, so they definitely have kind of a high level player. Um, so it'll definitely be tough. Definitely be you know, a tough task and a tough ask of the guys that are, you know, some of the guys aren't getting in until May 10th. They'll get in that, that kind of first week of May. And so, mm. you know, to try and get a training session or two under their belt before they go out there and play against somebody else is ideal. It's just kind of the world we live in, in the PDL. There's not a whole lot of preseason. It's maybe a couple of days of preseason. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's definitely a tough game, but we're one we're looking forward to and see where we stack up from the very beginning. Yeah, and for folks out there, you may be familiar with the name. If you've been a PDL fan for a while, you're you're familiar with this club. Uh, the Charlotte Eagles have been around what, since 1993, and and were once yeah. you're one of the old school PDL teams uh, back in the PDL Division two, two days when it was two divisions. And so your your team's been around for a while. Y'all have been to some of these open cups. This isn't your first rodeo as a franchise. Uh, but talk a little bit about the difference. And now you had Wilmington now with you guys uh, coming in from, I know you worked a little bit there when you were the professional franchise and now coming to this PDL. Is there anything is, I mean, besides paying players that you guys approach this uh, any differently than you did a couple of years back? Uh, I don't think we, I mean, I think that's one of the things we tried to pride ourselves on is we didn't want to change kind of how we approached 
um, the team. Mm -hmm. Like it's, I mean, it's definitely different. Like back when we were in USL Pro in twenty like thirteen fourteen, um, back before there was an Eastern Conference and a Western Conference, it was all just kind of one table, mm -hmm. and so it was one of those things where you know we would have to play Phoenix and then hop in a van and drive over to LA, play LA Blues and. I don't think the LA Galaxy 2 were, were quite there yet. And mm -hmm. so, you know, it's different now. We don't have to fly across the country to play those games. We get, um, we've added some teams, like you said, Wilmington um, coming down from the pro ranks um, into PDL and adding a Myrtle Beach team um, that was in the MPSL over to PDL. Um, and then we added a team in Durham, North Carolina, which is probably, you know, about two hours away. So we've added some, some regional kind of rivalries. Um, that we're excited to get get rolling with, um, and it kind of cuts our travel budget. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Cut, kind of cuts our travel budget in half, which is always good for the bottom line. Um, and so it's it's definitely different than than when we were a pro team. But we, Dave Dixon and myself, when we started the PDL team that first year in '15, we had both previously worked with the pro team. He was an assistant coach, I was the assistant GM, and so that was one thing that we wanted to do. Mm -hmm. We wanted to keep that level. You know the expectation of, um, you know, it's definitely different players. Um, a lot of our players moved on and are still in USL, mm -hmm. um, but you know, so the, obviously the players are different. But kind of the the standard that we hold ourselves to, um, we still want to see that excellence in soccer. Um, mm -hmm. So it's definitely something that you know, we wanted to keep that level high, and I think we have, um, just because you know we've won the, the South Atlantic Division twice. Um, need to get over the hump in the playoffs, but. You know, making the playoffs is always a goal. Winning a championship is a goal that we haven't achieved yet. But th those are kind of the expectations we set for ourselves. Yeah, sometimes getting in those tournament runs, it's just if you have a bad day at the office, it's unforgiving. You're done. You know, just one right. goal can get you out of the tournament. And it's right. it's one of those frustrating things. You know, it kind of comes almost comes down to a coin flip because everyone's pretty evenly matched once you get to that point. You know, there's not one team yeah. that's going to run over everybody. But no, so you, I mean, obviously success, getting into the Open Cup, uh, obviously is a lot of a goal for a lot of teams uh, in the PDL. Uh, talk a little bit about that just that growth that you're seeing at the PDL level. You said there's new teams entering. Do you, do you see this growth at the PDL level and maybe even NPSL level continuing on uh, as it's just a lower barrier of entry, isn't it, to get into the PDL versus going to pro leagues? Yeah, I mean, I think I think that's kind of um, – I think that's some teams – kind of see it as like a hey like we'll start in pdl and mm -hmm. we'll just kill it in pdl you, you know you work on a lot of your marketing stuff a lot of you know kind of where you're playing like i know a couple teams have talked about building stadiums at the pdl level hoping to go into usl um and so that's something that i think if you were definitely looking to to build a pro team and you couldn't get a pro franchise right away if you came in um i'm not exactly sure what the, like the entry fees are to get a pdl team but I know one of the teams that's in our division, the, the Tormenta, South Georgia Tormenta, um, they, they've done a great job with all their marketing and, and kind of their attendance. And, um, they're actually going to host, they, they've agreed to host the Eastern Conference playoffs, um, okay. regardless of whether they make it, just because they think they run that good of a product that they sure. want to showcase who they are. And, and I think they're their aim, I would think, in a couple of years would be to kind of try and get a USL team down to Statesboro, Savannah area. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think it, the PDL is definitely, I mean, it, 
we like to call it the path to pro in, sure. in terms of player wise. <clears throat> and sorry, we had um, we had three guys drafted the last MLS draft, kind of that that had played for us, but not only from the you know player side of it, but also the the team and organization side of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, there have been a couple teams that have come down, but I think for the most part, kind of your your Michigan Bucks, your Des Moines Menace, your Tormentas, those teams that kind of operate that upper echelon of the PDL, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think could look to kind of turn pro or they just, you know, they're really good at what they do. And so they kind of love operating at that higher level of PDL team. Right. Yeah. That big news this, I guess what's been a couple of weeks now, three weeks ago with the USL looking to go deep, have the three, the division three uh, prospects right. out there. So yeah, you're seeing a lot of teams kind of showing up there and, and trying to get to that next level, so to speak of a professional or the next level in the pyramid so to speak so yeah it is yeah, yeah. it's interesting to kind of be there and kind of seeing all this kind of take take fold there and and i know you're kind of in and and for folks here in tulsa that maybe well they're on charlotte well you know let me tell you there is some connections here all right you guys have some players from john brown university and which is just in solemn springs uh arkansas right across the border is that i think uh, two or three players you guys have from jbu Last year we had four. Mm-hmm. Um, make sure I had that right. Yeah, we had four guys from from JBU come. This year we've got, um, or we had five last year. I'm sorry, we had five mm-hmm. last year. We've got four coming back from JBU, and then we're adding two more guys. Um, and so we've it, it's it's good for us because those guys mesh up well, kind of with what we wanted. They're they're high level players on the field, and then they mesh well with what we're trying to do off the field. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we've got another guy that uh, kind of some breaking news. I'll, I'll, I'll let you in on. All right, bringing a guy in from Oklahoma Wesleyan. Okay, um, another NAIA powerhouse out there in Oklahoma. And so, yep. um, I won't quite tell you who, but know that that's coming um, later on. Uh, but I mean, it's, it's there's some great players out there. Um, mm-hmm. I know there's. <clears throat> um, so yeah, we've got. The six guys coming from JBU, one guy coming from Oklahoma Wesleyan, um, a guy coming out of Fort Hayes State. I think it's up in Kansas, though. But mm-hmm. kind of, I mean, some definitely some some talent out there in the yeah. in the I don't know what they call that, the Great Plains. I don't know <laughs> the old <laughs> yeah the old tornado. We I, I like to call it the tornado, tornado alley, alley, right? Yeah, they exactly. you got got to run from them, so you got to be quick, right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or chase them, whatever your preference is. Uh, but yeah, you guys. Uh, and speaking of. Kind of the differentiation with with your group is uh, you're uh, missionally focused. Uh, yeah, you, you're looking at being stewards in a community and and doing, and you also have the women's team as well. So, a little differentiation with your group uh, versus maybe some around your area, right? Yeah, I mean, it definitely sets us apart. Um, the women's team used to so the the W league used to exist and it was kind of on the same par as the USL. So mm-hmm. it, was, it was a USL run women's league. Um, and that kind of went away, I think two years ago. Um, and so our women's team kind of was at a crossroads. Like do they, you know, join the, I think it was a WPSL, mm-hmm. which is kind of all, like the PDL level or, you know, do they just, do they fold or, um, and so they kind of decided that they were going to do, <clears throat> they're going to do like overseas mission trips for like a week or two. Mm-hmm. They're still going to have a team. And then when they got back from that, they would still do like the camps we do in the summer. Um, and then they would, 
just kind of play kind of friendlies against teams that are in the WPSL. Okay. So it kind of gives them the freedom to do both games and tours and camps and kind of a, an all-around package of kind of what we offer out of Charlotte. Um, and so it's it's definitely different. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, but that's kind of what makes us who we are. Sure. Um, and so it's it's different, but, you know, we, we like it and we, we enjoy it, so. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I know you're about to come up to a very busy time of your life here uh, with with match on, on May 10th, and then, uh, and then obviously your season probably start. You guys are you guys playing on the 13th right after that? Yeah, match? We'll, so we'll have we we host on the 10th, mm-hmm. and then we have a home game on the 13th, and then if we win on the 10th, we'll host the Independence, the local team in Charlotte mm-hmm. in the USL. We'll host them on the 17th, and then we'll be home again on the 20th, and so four games in the first you know two weeks of your season it's but that's why we we try and we try and get as as many you know nobody really likes to round out their roster with guys that you think can't play so you right the tough part of getting 26 guys that you feel like can contribute is getting all of them you know playing time and keeping all of them happy Mm -hmm. um but you know with that depth we think we've got a great chance at putting out a strong team on the 10th and then kind of rotating in you know, maybe you keep some guys in key positions, but you can rotate, you know, a whole new, you know, 11 of the 18 in mm-hmm. and you don't really miss a beat. Everybody's on the same level. Everybody's excited. So it's oh, yeah. kind of what, you know, you hope you build your, your squad for and, and you, what you do, your homework and recruiting um, to kind of have that kind of depth to give you the ability to play, you know, four games in your first, you know, 14 days. Yeah, and it's a good thing they've got those young legs too, right? Exactly. <laughs> I'm just saying, thirty-four-year-old Andrew out there. I don't think he'd be playing games. Uh, yeah, me too, uh, dude. I, I hear you, man. I'm 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 36, and I'm I, I run marathons, but I can't. Nah, it's a little bit different running for yeah. 90 minutes full sprint. Yeah. So I, I can't even play a game of basketball two days in a row. <laughs> uh, I just get exhausted watching it on TV. Yeah, I hear exactly. you. Oh, uh, Andrew, uh, man. Hey, well. I appreciate you coming on. I know we get to chat on on online and talk soccer talk a lot, so it's like good to great get to get uh, good to get yeah. you on here and uh, talk shop. And uh, I'm sure we'll check in with you here. Uh, I'll be checking in with you. I'll just see how the season's going and uh, yeah, and, for be- sure. and best of luck uh, May 10th and and going forward, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on again. All right, you got it, Andrew. Bye. Bye. All right, folks. I have a a. Another great guest on for the U.S. Open Cup special. A uh, little bit of a unique perspective. We have John Bisworm, uh, sports director, uh, partner of Minneapolis City FC. John, how's it going today, man? I'm doing well, Roger. Thank you for having me on. You bet. I've got him on FaceTime. You can't see this, but he's in the middle of training. There's people getting stretched out there. It's like 9.15, so <laughs> it's past, past my bedtime, and these guys are still working out out there. So You got you to gotta put in the work when you can, right? Yeah, yeah, it's hard. You know, day jobs, man, right? Uh, well, you, like I mentioned, you have a little bit of a unique uh, perspective here. Unfortunately, you guys uh, kind of got the short end there, and and for whatever reason, U.S. Uh, Soccer Federation saw fit that you were disqualified to not participate in Open Cup this year because you changed leagues, so you guys weren't spinning out the butt basically for travel costs. Correct. Can, correct. Is is that what happened with that situation? Yeah, so we um, we weren't fortunate enough to to be in the mix for the um, the automatic berth by winning the Premier League of America um, berth by winning the league 
tournament this year, which was our, our first year in the Premier League of America. Uh, we were in the in the Western Conference, which was primarily teams from Wisconsin, um, and then um, a couple teams from Iowa, and then one team from uh, Minnesota, the Minnesota United Reserve team. Mm-hmm. Um, now, now no longer um, as they move into MLS, they they have a, a one year reprieve from uh, from the reserve system until they figure that out. But sure. anyways, long story short, was we entered the through the amateur qualifying round and actually ended up um, drawing. Oakland County, which was in the Eastern conference of the PLA. Mm-hmm. And they, they came to Minnesota. We beat them two to one in overtime and, uh, we're, we're ready to, to get in line for the next, the next, uh, marching orders from us soccer. And then while that was going on, we were accepted into the NPSL and what that afforded us, like you mentioned, was the fact that we are now in a primarily was Minnesota based conference. So being that we don't have millionaire or billionaire owners or we're thousandaire owners. And, uh, <laughs> I think that's kind of how NPSLs ran really, which, which is what I love, you know? Yeah. Right. Right. And, um, you know, we're a, we're a 501 C three organization. So really any money that we do make, uh, goes into, uh, back into the community. Sure. And, and because we're a member owned organization a member run organization, uh, that's, what we have to keep in mind. So our board agreed that we should move to a more cost-effective situation. And it, it did violate the rule that U.S. soccer has for the Open Cup. However, we did not switch tiers in the pyramid, I guess you could call it. Right. If it, if it is a pyramid now, I don't really know we what shape it is. Trapezoid, <laughs> we don't know, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we, uh, we got, the, got the call that we were, we were disqualified. So we went through the appeal process and you know, found it a little bit unfair that our neighbors across town in Minnesota United switched leagues um, up and we switched laterally. And because of their pro status, they're able to file for reinstatement into the tournament. And they did and they got accepted. So that's kind of where we sit right now. So the only way back in is for us to, to win our division in uh, our inaugural season in the MPSL. So what better fuel to the fire, right? You get, you get slapped in the face. And yeah. you slap them right back by winning the league. Uh, you know, I had this vision just now as you were mentioning that uh, from Major League where the they have the girl there and they said, we have to win the whole right. blinking thing, you know. <laughs> so right. I wondered if you guys had, anyway, just some like yeah. picture of like Don Garber or something. <laughs> some Yogi yeah. Anyway. Yeah, uh, it's more of a, a dartboard situation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you guys, I, I, I see a lot of uh, just folks – maybe people I follow and, and not really folks in Minnesota, but just kind of across the country, they, you have this kind of cult appeal mm-hmm. uh, and it's like random people at Minneapolis city and they have their MP, you know, LS shirts on kind of like when you're wearing now, mm-hmm. uh, what do you think is, has drawn people to your club, you know, from like not just a local following, but also kind of a national following as well. Well, when we started the organization, so um, I founded the, the, the organization with, um, one of my best friends from we were we, we go back to playing youth soccer uh, 11 year old 10 11 year olds um and uh, and then one other partner that we met when we both moved to minnesota um and we're both advertising guys so what we did was we 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 thought if we if we want to do this we we need to do it the right way and our mm-hmm. right way was creating the brand first and the point of view and the voice so our point of view is a little bit tongue-in-cheek a little bit cut uh, on edge <laughs> Um, you know, we don't, we don't apologize for what we say because we take ownership in what we say. Um, 
but we created this this thing that is different than a lot of other sports organizations because um, fr- quite frankly sports organizations are boring sure you know t-shirt cannons can be fun for 10 year olds but you know, there's got to be something for the old, the older crowd, right? Jello so, shots, right? Yeah, jello, yeah, jello, jello, jello shots. Uh, uh, that's I'll I'll put that one on the on the next uh, ownership <laughs> meeting uh, agenda. Um, but so we we created this voice and this point of view, and uh, you know we took an alternative look at things, and we knew that you know once we we started we started things, we would be able to find the talent and. Part of our, our mission too is local. So every player on our on our team is from Minnesota, mm. whether it be they were born and raised here, um, whether they go to college out of state um, and they and they come back for the summer, or they, um, you know, they they moved here for work and they they now have a permanent home here, like myself. Mm. Um, so the the thing is, you know, the the draw could also be that back in the day when the Minnesota Thunder and the Stars were a thing mm-hmm. before they were Minnesota United people had accessibility to the fans. It was the guy that lived next door or the guy that they, they coached their youth team. And then they grew up watching him play. And that was something that people really, really liked and moving into MLS that attainability and that local flavor went away. So we stepped in and helped replace that. Right. Yeah. You're right. There's, and now it seems like there's, there's still quite a bit of, um, I don't know, maybe it's, it's been there and maybe I'm just now noticing it, but there's a lot of other uh, lower division teams in the Minneapolis St. Paul area. Is that is that is are these some of these older teams that are just kind of now showing up or is it just some of these new teams that are showing up on the scene? Well, it's actually it's a little bit of a little bit of A, a little bit of B. Mm-hmm. You know, we have the Minnesota Twin Stars. They were an inaugural team in the MPSL, so they've been around for for quite some time. And then we have um, VSLT, which is a, a Hispanic-based group that's brand new. Um, Actually, we've been playing against them with our, our men's league teams um, for years. Mm-hmm. And they, they did the same thing that we did last year, but this year, and, and right. joined up. But then you have the team from Duluth that um, they're relatively new to the MPSL like us, but they were in a different league last year. Um, and then, um, you know, you then you start spreading out to, like, Fargo, and they had a team that was in a different league. So, yes and no, there's some older groups, but there's also the ones that are kind of the, the punchy upstarts like us. Right. How, how, what's your furthest uh, league road game? How far is Our that fir- away? Um, South Dakota and uh, Lacrosse are probably the two furthest. Okay. Um, but they're still closer than our furthest away game was last year. Right. And, and also, um, you know, actually, they were the they're actually closer than the the closest opponent was last year. So, sure. oh, wow. uh, you know, again, that whole reason why we moved leagues it it, it made sense. Um, but we're hoping that we're going to have a further trip to take and that'll be, um, into the, into the tournament and ended up playing, um, the likes of uh, a Detroit team or a team out of Cleveland, mm-hmm. uh, in, in the tournament. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. It seems like, uh, there's a lot of commonality with the, some of the NPSL owners. I know it's like, there's a little bit of that kind of that anti-establishment, like, Hey, we're local guys. Do you think it's just kind of a product of the league or is that just, Oh, this is just kind of what the league's made of, of some of these folks. And I'm not saying everybody, but just maybe some of the folks that I'm, I'm, I've come in contact with. I think it's, it's kind of a product of the league um, mm-hmm. and just lower level soccer. Um, a, lot, a lot of people don't like to be told what to do, so they do their own thing. Right. And, um, you know, I, I've, I've done quite a few of these interviews over the last year. And the main thing that I kind of get across to people is um, you have to be yourself. Sure. In order to, in order to do this, because if you're not and you, and you 
your uh, total copycat or you're someone who just kind of is very boring and basic, yeah. you're not going to la- you're not going to last or people are going to find, find you're going to be had, they're going to find you out. Right. And I think that's why when, you know, when we were talking about why people like us, it's because we're unique and mm-hmm. we do our own thing. And, and you're starting to see that more and more because people are getting, you know, ticked off with the fact that they're being told what to do from a soccer perspective. And, mm-hmm. You know, I, don't get me wrong. I like, I like high level soccer. I sure. like, I like, I like the, the higher level leagues, but um, you know, more soccer is good for everybody. So sure. we might as well, we might as well give it a shot ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, like you said, or like we talked about, you know, that's the appeal to some of the lower league is that you don't have one person doing one job. It's like, if you, if you're an owner of the team, you've got to still mow the lawn, you know, it's, it's, right. uh, you know, it's, you're really, you really got skin in the game, so to speak. And you're not just uh, throwing some money and walking away and then, you know, right. kind of like a Cronky with my arsenal. You know, he just throws money, and yeah. I don't even know if he even knows what's going on over there. You know, he Obviously he should know not. what's going on over there. <laughs> Ooh, man, I know. It's been, oh yeah, been, I mean, I can sp- I can speak to that directly. I I I came to training today to talk to the guys a little bit about some logistical stuff, but I dropped off the pennies because I did the laundry from last week. So it's, <laughs> you know, it's you got to do what you got to do all the work. Yeah, that's nice. Well. Uh, Real quick before I let you go, I will ask you, since you're up in Minneapolis and, and, and Minnesota United with their tough start of the season, do you, do you see that they're kind of turning things around or do you anticipate that that will get better as the season progresses or is it just uh, it, this is going to be a bad season and move on down the road? Sure, man. You really gave me a loaded weapon. There. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I um, – you know, we, I, I do the weekly podcast for, for our, our club with mm-hmm. one of my good friends and, and we talked about it at length actually. And even to some, some lengthy discussions where our listeners have said, stop talking about it. We want to learn more. <laughs> we want to talk more about you guys. But, um, you know, to answer your question, I, I feel like, you know, the anticipation was so high for them going into the, the league and, you know, the, the, the supporters group, the dark clouds has a chance the team that nobody wanted because they were in foreclosure before <laughs> this owner bought them. And, and now they're in MLS. And I think everyone was just so turned up to 100 on everything that the expectations weren't really set as to what it might be. Mm-hmm. And I think they got a really late start with signing talent. They have talent there and it just hasn't been an opportunity for it to fully develop with Adrian Heath's system. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some recent trades have kind of helped that, but you know, I, I, th- I think they'll turn it around. You know, if it were me and I, I were Bill McGuire, the owner, and, and mm-hmm. Nick Rogers, the the president, I would have kind of told the fans it's going to be a rough start. Yeah. You know, I when when we started this, you know, we told our our folks we have no idea what to expect, um, but we're going to have a lot of fun doing it. Sure. And people, so when we were winning, it was great. And when we weren't weren't winning, people still rallied behind us and i think mm-hmm. you're seeing that with the fans but the expectations were a little bit too high i think sure um but then you look across the across the country at atlanta and they're yeah. lighting everything on fire um so it can be done and sure. we just ha- haven't done it here yeah yeah i think there's some maturation maybe with just the the, the club and and getting getting a couple dps wouldn't hurt either you know so i think yeah. it's, it's, it seems like talent you know is kind of the answer for everything but Anyway, yeah, we'll 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 we'll, we'll keep up with it here down here in the in the in the alley, so to speak, and uh, right. we'll keep up with you guys a little closer now that we've got the chat and uh, and now that you're in this new league, so we're excited to see if you guys can make a run here and and maybe uh, end up coming down to the Great Plains for an open cup match or maybe even a playoff match. So. Or uh, even a fr- even a friendly, if if you if you got anybody who wants to play us. Oh. We're, uh, 
we're open to play some people. Man, I've, uh, I, I know a couple of guys down here that might be interested. We'll see. I'll, 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 I'll spread the word to them and see if they can, uh, see if we can get sure. something worked out. I'm sure Sonny and Matt would be interested down here at Tulsa Athletics. So we'll, awesome. I'll, I'll see, I'll see what I can do. All right. Awesome. I do have to have to kind of do a shameless plug here. Oh no, please uh, go for it. Since um, I mentioned we are a, a 501c3 charity, if you are interested and you go online to uh, mplscitysc.com and you see any of uh, the, the gear we have, um, if you if you want one of this, the member-specific scarfs, for, for $60, you can get one and you can get a membership. And then those tickets can be given back to local kids in the community if you're mm. from out of state. So it's kind of a perk for people who want, want a, a little piece of us but can't go to the games. Sure. Um, your tickets will be put to good use for some some kids who um, are well deserving um, uh, and and might not have the opportunity to be able to afford to watch some some good soccer in a safe environment. So if that's something that's up your alley, we'd be more than happy to do it. So I had to throw that in there. No, no, that no, please. I know folks here in here in uh, Tulsa love supporting local soccer, even if it's not in Tulsa. So I'm sure they would be very happy to see some of that and see some of those tickets go to good use up there in uh, Minneapolis. So, uh, but yeah. And then also on your website, you do, like you said, you, you run a weekly podcast and, um, and there's some obviously, and I saw some cool, cool t-shirts from you guys. So if you want to jump yep. on, jump on the MPS, MPLS city, uh, is it MP, MPLS city.com? Is that right? Uh, SC.com. SC.com. Okay. I got yep, you. Correct. Awesome. All right. John Bisworm, uh, partner partner founder sports director minneapolis city sc i appreciate your time today and and good yeah, no luck problem. good luck for the rest of the way man all right thank you very much uh good luck in the open cup we'll we'll we hope you guys win so we can take you on as the two undefeated teams <laughs> there you go all right thank you very much john and just a real quick note for those here in tulsa andy laurie played for minneapolis uh, city sc last year so just we we're just talking off the air and and said oh yeah he was here with us uh last season so uh, i didn't know that until he told me that so interesting note there for folks here in tulsa well folks that's going to wrap up this special episode of the tornado Alley soccer podcast special cup open cup edition uh special thanks andrew pierce blake shoemaker and john bizworm Thank you so much for joining me, folks. And we'll have more info and more. Uh, we'll, we'll talk with the Tulsa Athletic and Tulsa Roughnecks as their matches get closer. So I have not forgot about you guys. We will have you on. Do not fret. Thank you so much. God bless. Have a good one.